the SLE Podcast Channel, the perfect channel for any style of podcast. We have all different pop culture style podcasts for all of your listening needs. If you would like to start a podcast, you can reach us at slepodcast at gmail.com. We are always looking for new podcasts to add to our channel, and the topic could be anything you want. So contact us now. Welcome to episode 290 of the SD Podcast Show. Steven, Danny, and Vin are all here tonight. What's going on, boys? Not much. How's it going tonight? It's been a minute, and my my microphone is not going to go on mute this uh, podcast like last time we recorded. What an idiot I am for that. But how's it going tonight, guys? It's going well. Football is uh, sort of back. Thank and, God. Uh, it can't come soon enough because baseball is on its way out. Console is very soon. I mean, it's already done. But we, can get, <laughs> well, yeah. we can get into that later. Um, right. Let's start it off with some football. Giants-Jets played their annual preseason game this past Saturday. Right. Um, I mean, Jets won, but who really cares who won? Uh, Steven, right. you were there. Danny, I'm assuming we're, we're, we're keeping out of crowds as much as we can till till regular season. Yeah, I it was just easier just to go, and thankfully I sold them because my son was actually sick this weekend, so I dodged a bullet with that. So, but um, yeah, I, I'm waiting. My first sporting event is going to be opening day, and I and I kept that promise to myself since I already invest so much money into the Giants. So it would be the most meaningful thing for me to go to. So yeah, I mean, no, that's that makes sense. It's a that's a symbolic thing. It, that, that that was a smart move. Um, so what are we? What are our takeaways from from preseason game number one, if there can be any? Oh, Steve can go. He went to the game first, and I'll um, be back on his. You know what I found interesting? This is the first time I think I've ever noticed this. Um, it's kind of like a college thing. A lot of players were sharing numbers. Yeah, I noticed that too last night. For whatever reason, since maybe because of the number change, actually I rewatched a little bit of the game on Game Pass and the opening kickoff. There was a two forty sevens on opening kickoff for yeah. the Giants, so I found it pretty funny. Uh, the Giants had a tight end who played really well. He was like the fourth string tight end, who would end up being like the fourth or fifth string tight end. But he was wearing right. forty eight, and my dad's like, "Who's that?" And I'm like, I, "I don't think Crowder is playing tight end because he was the Mike guy also." Right. Right. Uh, um, that was one thing that I did notice with all the guys, because ideally all the starters, starters really didn't play, so you didn't get to see like Peppers right. and any of them. Um, so the what I noticed was Crowder was actually the mic on mm-hmm. defense, which made me pretty happy to see. That says like, okay, cool. So this is the guy you're already nurturing, you're already setting up, you're already mm-hmm. trying to figure out, you know, because. It's, Let's face it, I think Blake's got two more years on his deal. Um, right. And right now they're in kind of like a cap hell, so it's kind of like... We're kicking Blake out the door already, huh? You, no, we're I, not. I, we're I'm not, <laughs> but like you can see the, you can see the, the idea of what's going to happen next. You can see right. what, the, what the team plan, what the coaching staff plan is, if everything stays on pace the way it's going, of the direction they want to go in. Okay, and this guy, and it's gonna be would be a great story considering Mister Relevant. Right. How often do you get a Mister Relevant who gets a mic on defense, or right. any position for that matter? Right. Um, and Crowder's been good. 
for a couple of years now, all over the place. Yeah, he he he's been pretty good, especially for being in a seventh round pick. Uh, it it's 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 an awesome story. I'm I'm very happy that he's performing, and like you said, um, yeah, that shows a lot, um, especially with um Raglan, who basically hasn't really practiced much, so it was the right call to give Crowder the mic. So good for him on that. Um, I found it interesting that BJ Hill played a lot. Yeah, he played a lot. He wasn't um, hurt I noticed last year, that was too. he? What's up? Was he one of those guy one of the guys that was hurt last year? No, he was he played very little last year. They only really used him for passing downs. Okay. So, so they're trying to ease him back me. in with the loss of of um Dalvin. Right? Was Dalvin? Uh, yeah, one? Dalvin. Dalvin yeah, was Dalvin's one. the one and he's more of an end. He's playing everywhere, so unfortunately not it's a numbers game and he's gonna be the but the thing with BJ Hill that I like, whenever he's in the game, he's productive as much as he can be with the amount of snaps he gets. So I, I'll also tell I, I like you this. I'll also tell you this that, um, so actually looking at Blake, even though he restructured, he has an out at the end of the year. By the way, right at the end of this year. But, but not saying that we would get rid of him. But I'm just saying, it's it's there. Unfortunately, I think. And we're going to talk about this at all season. And unfortunately, it's probably going to be Trevor Peppers, unfortunately. Right. But, but that we have a whole season to worry about that. Um, um, but with that yeah, being said, if, like, the other things that you saw, like, I think one of the biggest assets to the team that's going to come in and be a, a force to reckon with is um, Sheldon, the defensive tackle. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was a very underrated signing. A lot of people have very under the radar, which I'm really shocked about. And he knows he's been Judge a from the Patriots. His whole career, right. he's just a big monster up in the middle. Um, he's not, he's not Dalvin over all overall Dalvin Thomas and style. Obviously, Dalvin can do both, but uh, Danny Sheldon is a a very good run stuffer. So he, I was happy with that signing, very much so. Um, besides that, there was just you know a bunch of stupid miscoverages that they had on on the line couple couple sacks that could have been avoided by just guys reading a little bit better um right. you know alfred morris got beat a couple times right um yeah the, the the one play uh you're talking about is the matt pert on the first drive unfortunately no there was one um, later in the like game the, too right 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 but for the for the starting offensive line that was really the worst play of it all um that one play, but the offensive line running wise looked pretty well. Uh, um, they did get the couple of drives with the starting offensive line. Um, I like comment. I've, I've been saying it. Unfortunately, he fumbled, but it seemed like he had a nice burst. Uh, well, that was what that was lesson. why he never became the guy in Philadelphia. He was good uh, in Philadelphia, but he has a fumbling injuries. problem. Yeah, yeah. The bad injuries. Yeah, but so. yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I thought the game was fine. Unfortunately, like Steve mentioned, the starters didn't play pretty much uh, the offensive line and Darius Slayton on offense, and then what defense it, basically no one. What it basically says to me, ideally, is the way you're going to do it is nobody game one, a minimum half game two, and maybe a quarter in game three. That's what it seems to be. I think Judge already mentioned it to the B reporters the last couple of days slash weeks. Um, yeah, like I think, I think it was a very blah game for the Giants just because of what they played. Um, 
at this I, point, I... at this point, and we said this on the right. way home. Yesterday was more of a let's see what we can develop for our depth. Right. And, really, uh, and, and get the offensive I... line gelling. Of course, the offensive line needs right. game reps to gel. We know they know right. each other. They know the the other thing is. Um, Hernandez actually looked pretty good on the right side. Yeah, he did a couple pulls on uh, Clements running, uh, a couple runs, which was great to see. Um, uh, Andrew Thomas ragdolled someone on one of the passing downs. Um, I before I, I'm gonna I would kick myself in the butt not to bring up this guy's name. He's been all over camp. Um, would be uh, David Stills. He, it's going to be tough for him to make the team, but he's earned every right of being talked about to making the team over someone like uh, Dante Pettis or, dare I say, John Ross, if John Ross doesn't stay healthy kind of thing. Um, he had the best numbers out of all the wide receivers. Um, he made that one nice long catch. Unfortunately, former giant great uh, Corey Ballantyne batted that one pass in the third or fourth quarter. Oh, it was the fourth quarter. Um, that would have been a nice catch, and he did get a nice um, pass interference early in the first half. So that was good to see, and I, I know not a lot of people know about this guy's story, but uh, Platt Scummer, the the uh, NFL European like study from Austria, made this one nice 48-yard run from the Giants' one-yard line. So those would be my two big takeaways of of offensively from the Giants. Defensively, they just played soft, soft cover all day long. They didn't do anything special. They did make that one stop on fourth down with um, um, what's his face like we Danny Shellen like we mentioned, and then they caused one fumble and they almost took it to the house, but uh, he got tripped up. Robinson got tripped up. So all in all, that's that's out of the Giants' hand. Uh, Giants what, part of the things. One of the like, things oh. also that I noticed yesterday that. Honestly, is probably something we would have noticed if we were at the game last year, but we weren't at the games last year, but we weren't, so we didn't get to notice. Right. Judge is very, very hands-off on the offense. Um, He's standing there. He's paying attention. He's watching the offense, of course. He's doing what a head coach mm -hmm. is supposed to do. But you can see, like, there was a moment the play clock was running low, and Garrett went running after the, after the guy to call the timeout. You see him kind of letting Garrett coach the offense. And I kind of like that idea because it comes back to that home Rams theory, right, from a couple years ago where they had the veteran guy in Wade Phillips fully in control of the defense. And what what's the guy – what's their coach's name? I keep blanking on the Rams coach's name. Big Bay. But I, I think with Judge, with Judge, he, he goes in when he needs to go in. Right, no, no, that's like, what I'm saying. He was involved. Bro. If he needed to be the head coach and be involved, he was. But when it came to, like, calling timeouts or yelling at people on the on the field or, bro. you know, things like that, you can see Garrett was the guy that was doing that, and Judge was just kind of, like, standing on the side. Right, because um, on the TV screen, they were talking to the offensive line coach all basically all game. Like okay. a bunch of times, and then him talking to the line, getting them amped up. So, um, we can't not not talk about the Jets. Um, I thought Zach Wilson looked good for everything the Jets, the Giants gave them defensively. Um, obviously it wasn't anything significant. I, I know he's gonna get a lot of like like much more sophisticated defenses going his way, obviously. But for someone to play his first NFL game, I thought he played really fine. 
there was well, one and, and moment, he, and Vin, you will appreciate this because it made he, me think of told, draft day. Right. There was one moment where Crowder had a lane right up the gut to get him. And Wilson stuttered, and you could see it. You can feel Wilson kind of like, oh, my God, I'm about to get hit. And he just chucked the ball. He just threw it. It was one of those, like, hmm. It was kind of like, uh, what's his name, in draft day when they realize after he gets sacked, the next play, he throws the ball away. So I kind of noticed that, and it kind of made me think. BYU is the, the mountain division, right? Yeah. Conference. Right. So really, all you're really seeing is Utah. Right, but uh, but he did what he needed to do last night, so I'm not the, hating on him. I was it. reading a good I, I article today. Well. I forgot where I saw the article today. I think it was S and Y. Um, basically, what you saw the Jet offense is very protective of him. You know, right. again, like you said, we played very soft defensively. So what happened was he had more time. We weren't sending rushes. We weren't doing crazy right. wraparound rushes, and you know. Defensive ends flipping with defensive tackles after the hike and all those things. We weren't doing anything fancy because we were just out there getting reps. That's what our team was doing. Oh, 100%. But I still think he played well. Right. For so what he, for he what he played, he played very well. Now it, the question becomes is how does he play during the big moment? Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. And the other thing on the Jets side of things, it was very disheartening seeing Denzel Mims playing a lot in the third and fourth quarter. Um, so something's up with well, that. Well, so I was talking to a friend in the lot, and he was telling me that Mims has been like on and off the field practice-wise because he's not been healthy. So okay. he they expected to him, him to have a lot of reps late so that he can get reps. Okay, because obviously it was like man versus boys, obviously on that one third down. Right. I mean, obviously. But no, still. but that's my point. That, it, that, that's I didn't that, know that's what he told me in the lot. How much of it is true, I don't know. But still, like, it makes sense that that was why he was. Right. But they also had the report come out last week that he was get, he's getting traded. That they're trying to get, they're trying to find, he's not going to make the team on the team. And I was like, I, it doesn't make any sense. Which also makes trade. sense for him to have the the reps then because you want to show him off. I, yeah. th- I mean, that's what I'm saying because I, I don't know why you wouldn't want. I mean, he hasn't – to me, he hasn't done enough to, you know, warrant being traded. Right. But I don't know. Maybe they I don't know. Maybe with Corey more. Davis. Maybe with Corey Davis, um, more and um, – Crowder, maybe I don't know. I I don't. I that's it makes no sense. And Moore was hurt, so the both the Giants and Jets um, highly graded uh, wide receivers. Neither of them played. I don't know. Um, on Saturday night. You know, so, it was interesting. Yeah. You didn't even see what number is he wearing? The Giant one. Well, he's eighty nine. He didn't suit up at all. They other than Saquon, they were all in the booth. That that was a known um, comment after the game. Judge. All the beat writers asked because they only really saw Saquon on the field that was quote unquote hurt. So if they had some sort of injury, they were not on the sideline. They were all in the booth. So, yeah. Oh, I didn't know. I didn't realize that because like Lemieux was on the field. 
So yeah, okay. Pre- so Lemieux, yeah, Lemieux and Saquon were the only ones. And Joe and DJ were the, was there also, but he's there just basically. But he's not hurt, yeah, right? But he's not hurt. Um, but I will tell you this: a good sign was Lemieux took reps during warmups. Oh, well, that's yeah, that's a good sign. Um, and it wasn't like it wasn't like the game, the like plays reps where they line up. It was mm-hmm. like. The offensive line reps, he was well, part good. of doing that. So that was a good sign to see. And if also, he... he looks really small next to Danny Shelton. <laughs> well, hopefully his pass pro is uh, upgraded a lot from the offseason because that's really where he struggled last year. Running the ball, he has no problem with. It's the pass pro, and it's, it's like, historically bad. Uh, well, who PFF, according to PFF, but... We know we all take that with a grain of salt. But, yeah, um, big things for year two, hopefully, from him and finding the way that the offensive line gels. We we just need him to be a, a marginally better for the Giants to be okay. You know what I mean? So, also, I'm about 76% sure that uh, Devin Booker's mother was sitting on the aisle in my, in my section. Oh, okay. Because there was a lady, and she was the only one that got excited every time he touched the ball. Other than that, she didn't even care. Okay. <laughs> I was cool. like, I said, I was like, there's no way that's not his mother. <laughs> but he even looked pretty decent out there. I had no yeah. complaints about him. Give him the reps. Out of yeah, yeah, with the reps. Out of the two of them, I think Clement looked better. But yes, it's Clement like, also it got more matter. reps. Clement also right, got more no, rep. that's true. I'm, but I'm the saying. other way I'm going to look at it is this, is Saquon's going to be the, the one, and they're going to be the 2A and B. I think right. more, I think unless Morris, because Morris looked terrible yesterday somehow. Yeah. As someone who knows the playbook, he didn't even rough. know half the plays that he was supposed to run. Yeah, he had a rough night. But, so, I, I will... but if he, but. If he could come back and have big weeks, you know, Judge is probably going to be like, hey, we need to keep this guy around. He was here last year. It makes sense. He knows the scheme. He knows what we're doing. Yeah, I think it's going to happen. Um, but if, if if that's the case, then Booker is going to be the odd man out because he's him and Morris are basically the same guy. Right. But I also but, could see Booker being that thir- two and second and one, third and an inch, fourth and goal on the, on the inch. Hey, Booker, go in there and power power your way in there um like like i mentioned in last week's blues views i forgot which one but it was definitely last week um i mentioned that the giants first two games it's sunday at 425 and then right away thursday. they're playing thursday night so it's going to be interesting obviously we weren't expecting saquon to get a lot of carries originally week one it it's going to be interesting to see how they handle week one and two. For well, so. I don't know if you remember a couple of weeks ago, even early in camp, I think it was. It was like super early in camp, if I remember correctly. Judge said you may not even see Saquon till week three because of that schedule. Right. Right. And that's realistic. Um, it, it would and suck, honestly, it would be the smartest the move. Smart. That would definitely be the smartest thing. It definitely would be. He's um, still on the PUP list, though. No, he's not. Oh. He came off last week. So now he now he would be considered one of the fifty five no matter what. Fifty three, yeah. Fifty three, yeah. Right. No, yeah, he's already off it. Okay. He was off it Tuesday morning. Yeah. All right. I know he was starting to run and practice a little bit, but I didn't know if it was off the pup or just on the side stuff. Okay, that yeah. makes a lot more sense. 
But yeah, I think if you stay on that, it's six weeks into the regular season you have to miss. If you stay on it through the through training camp. So if he's only going to miss two weeks, then you might as well take him off now. Might as well take him off and just not dress him. Right, you can just not dress him for two weeks if you want to do that. Or even just... Even you, dress week you, one and not dress week two. So you you can fantasy, you can even have like you can even right. not just not dress him and keep an extra like offensive lineman dressed or right or keep Alfred Morris around and cut one of the wideouts. You know. Right. Yeah, I think they have the plan ready to go. They just obviously aren't telling us. Uh, I think, and and whatever for Saquon's health, honestly, um, if it means he plays a little bit on week one, if he even plays, great. If he doesn't, uh, it is what it is. It's it's obviously with health, and all you fantasy football players just pit, draft him with caution, knowing the first couple of weeks might be a little slow. So, uh, draft draft accordingly to that. Right. Like like Tommy was asking us who the backup was. Yeah, right. It, right now it's Booker, but we'll see what happens. The best was uh, all these guys getting hurt for the first couple of games, and everyone's like, this is why you don't do fantasy football this early. <laughs> right. Exactly. But that is what it is. Uh, Jordan Love had a big game. Yeah, Jordan Love throwing out the guns on the yesterday how's it how's that feel Vin? i mean he looked uh i know i mean i know he's got an arm so that in when you're when you're running against the preseason you know bland offense you can I'll throw a couple things he threw into his double coverage a couple times and he got away with it um he made a nice i mean it was not even a nice play he, they, he threw a touchdown on a screen pass the guy who caught the screen has been having a big training camp kylan hill i think is his name and he's trying to fight for the third running back spot, so that was nice to see. But Love also got hurt; like they banged up his shoulder, oh, so they had to take him out. They had to take him out early. They said the MRA came back clean today, so he should be fine. But and then the rest of the game, honestly, once he came out, I stopped paying attention. I, I know they lost; uh, they got blown out. Their the depth at defensive back is not showing up very well. Um, so there's probably some issues there, but I kind of knew that already. Um, I'm interested to see. I mean, we, you guys talked about, um, you know, Steven just mentioned people getting hurt in, in preseason. We talked about how much you're playing guys. Basically, since Jordy got hurt in the preseason in 2015, they haven't played any starters. Like, it's, this has been like five years now that Rodgers, they already said he's not going to play the whole time. Aaron Jones doesn't play. Devontae doesn't play. Like, the entire yeah. offensive line doesn't play. Nobody plays. It's ridiculous. Well, I mean, they are bringing everybody back from 2015 anyway. So. Well, that's just... the other thing is, is my point. What I was going to get to is, I'll be interested to see one how the because they have a couple of young guys that are not fighting for spots, but are are need to take steps in order for them to really compete, in my opinion. And then I'm also interested to see who gets cut or who's needs to be traded or whatever. To um, if they make a, a move, I mean they they've cleared up. They have like twelve million dollars in cap space this year. It's very clear they're going all in. They need probably another corner, and maybe like a defensive tackle or something. So I'll be interested to to look around the league and see who you know who gets cut for money reasons or who has a bad camp and and or 
you know, if there's a, a trade deadline kind of thing, that's really all I'm looking at this preseason. I, I, I mean, what they do is honestly it doesn't even matter. Right. So and I know I'm like killing the fun of preseason, but like it's, nah. it's just, I'm so used to it now that they just don't play anybody. Right. The list, of the, the list of people they didn't play was about 30 people long yesterday. It was I right. mean, Saturday. It was insane. Right. And like the funny, like, like that was, I'm, I'm not trying to talk friends about the giant game back. I'm not talking about it because of that, but like, you're right. Yesterday was just like, all right, I waited since December to watch them. And then like, obviously no one of importance playing. So it's like, I'm obviously not going to get mad during preseason, but like, it's just like, can we get something going? You know what I mean? Just like anything. Right. But yeah. So I, I get what you're saying. Like you're used to the, you're used to the, all right, this is preseason. This sucks. Give me, get me, just get me there. You know? Right. So just get me to week one. Everybody stay healthy and just get me there. Um, right. did you get to watch hard knocks on, uh, the other I, night with the Cowboys? I did watch. Can I? Yeah, I watched like the first half of it. And I kind of fell asleep, but I ended up finishing right. up. Uh, it was. I honestly forgot it was the Cowboys until like I actually went on HBO Max and look at it, and they right. kind of annoyed me because I'm just sick of the Cowboys. Yeah, they're lame. Um, every McCarthy year. stinks. It's it's they're lame. Well, that to me that was the the reason originally why I wanted to watch it. I was like, you say Cowboys. I, Mike is not an interesting guy, and I I know that for firsthand, he's a very just blah dude. Well, isn't Rogers trying to trade coaches with them to get everybody back from the Super Bowl team? Clay's right, coming back. Jordy's going to sign this. He doesn't. He ran the coach out of town. Remember? My my question is is do they take Charles Woodson out of the Hall of Fame when they ask to re-sign him also? The jacket's already gold, so I think it's the same color scheme, so I think you're allowed to just let it go. Okay, cool, cool. Just one so that's the plan. I mean, if they're going to bring no, Clay yeah. back, you might as well bring back A.J. Hawk, too. I mean, he won't pass a drug test, though. No, he definitely won't. I don't think Clay would either, to be completely honest. <laughs> um, He'd they go to Seattle for that couple months. Right. I. It's just, um, yeah, Hard Knocks was... Yeah, first uh, episode it was very was blah. Fine. Yeah, it was very blah. I don't think anything, like all this the usual funny, interesting things you would get from a team. Right. It's gonna be all Jerry Jones centric, and I'm just so sick of Jerry Jones. Even if something funny happens, I'm not gonna care. Right. Yeah. It, this is a complete hate watch, and it's and it wasn't. I wasn't even attending it to be, but yeah, it was just like they stink. <laughs> I mean, I think they're going to win the division, but... I literally passed out watching that thing, and it's like... I I was actually talking to a Cowboy fan the other day, and it's funny because, like, the biggest reaction out of it was, I can't believe they let Dax get hurt and all that stuff. I'm like, it's it's been, like, a year and three months since he's... My biggest reaction was, I can't believe they let him ride a bike after he fucked up his ankle last year. Get him off a bike. What are you, you, you know what, what my biggest problem was? Like, get him a golf cart, like my quarterback. You know what the biggest problem really that I had with the whole episode was like my favorite thing about Hard Knocks is watching the no name players. Well, maybe next episode they'll show it. They'll but show literally, them. this was nothing but how much Zeke and Dax love each other. Right. It was like Jerry's press conference, and then talk about Zeke and. Dax, and now they have a birthday together. I, 
we've talked about how like Jerry Jones is probably not good, and I don't like it's not a normal thing that the head trainer doctor guy is talking to the owner on the phone. Like that's definitely a distraction. Uh, and also, he's also the general manager. You, I know, but that. he shouldn't be. Oh, one hundred percent. We all know, and we all know Steven. We all know Steven's doing a lot of the work. Yeah, he puts salt on a McGriddle, so he's gonna have a heart attack in about fourteen seconds. I had that one time, and I thought my heart was gonna explode. A McGriddle? Yeah. Oh, they're good. But they're like, good, just not with salt on them. Yeah, he put no, more... I know. Like, but okay. I'm just saying, when I first had it, yeah. I... Jerry, Jerry needs to. I don't. I can't keep talking about Jerry Jones. I don't know. No, That's probably the biggest reason. I that I don't want to watch. All right, I, we're we're just in, and we're just holding off the for Met talk. Let's let's be honest. We're trying to not talk about them. So yeah, that hard knocks stinks this year because it's Cowboys and Jerry Jones stinks. And I'll be lucky if I watch it on HBO Max. Right. <laughs> like, I'm probably gonna watch it. I'll be honest. I'll probably I watch still it. watch it, but I'm I'm not like oh ten o'clock on Tuesday no, night. I definitely not watch. a destination watch. It's a uh, if I get around to it after I watch Ted Lasso, I'll watch it. Right, Which I gotta Ted watch. The, I have to watch Friday's episode. Fucking yeah. awesome. I watched Friday's last night when I got home from the football game. I completely yeah, I forgot it. about it too on Friday. Yeah, I honestly I forgot about it too until I like saw an ad on Twitter for it. Oh, it was so good. Anyway, yeah, last that's night's good. this week's was good. This was a good one. That's it's crazy how I caught up in a week and a half. That's the other thing. It's very like it's really quick. It's a good. It's a quick watch. Yeah, we we watched it. We watched it literally two Sundays ago, like two Sundays ago, three Sundays ago, and we were literally, boom. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's just wanna... get it, let's just rip it band-aid off like a bandaid. Just do it. All right. Here's you know what I'm ripping the bandaid off. I'm not even starting with the people on the team. I'm starting with a hot take. Oh boy, Steve Cohen. Nothing has changed, and he doesn't understand that fans. Okay. <laughs> I don't. I don't think it's that off. I'm, I have a list of things. First of all, oh, we're having we're having a festive Mets festivist today. We're having that, a Mets. That should be the that should be the episode name. Mets, it's like Mets there's Mets. five things on the list, and probably more will come out because I couldn't get them coming. First of all, you hire a GM, you got to fire him a month later. That you're that's a problem. We we yeah, but that's not ideally his, you know. But it is. Well, at least he fired him after finding out that he was a big time creep. Right. Sure. The Wolpons would have probably hired, kept him, and then called Callaway to come back to the team. But again, so here's what I'm saying. My my whole point of this is, if we want to give him a benefit of the doubt. I'm on board with that. But I'm putting these scenarios in. They happened in 2019. If they happened in the Wilpon era. If the Wilpons right. hired Brody and had to fire him a month later because he was a scumbag, we would have ripped them till, till kingdom come. And he just got off scot-free because he fired him at 7 a.m. You still hired the guy. Oh, you hired. You let Sandy hire him. The next thing on my list is bad communication. Steven, you and I talked about this. The day of the trade deadline. At 3.30, Luis Rojas said, they asked Luis Rojas, why didn't Jake throw today? He was supposed to throw. Oh, he's fine. He's just being cautious. An hour later, it's a shutdown. If you're going to have the GMB mouthpiece, at least let him melt the right pieces. 
I mean, the manager be the mouthpiece. He's not going to make the lineup. He's not going to do whatever. I don't care. Fine. At least don't, like, just then just let somebody else do the talking. Like they did with – that's that was my takeaway from the GM saying what he said the other day. I, the manager's a mouthpiece anyway, so I'm just going to say what I got to say. And he went off, which was – I mean, I don't think I got enough press, to be honest, because he was – he called guys out for not following the the – the hydration, whatever program they had, and he basically said everybody stinks. And well, uh, that was warranted. <laughs> I, he's right, but that's the thing. I like the people. A lot, a lot of the reaction I saw was, "This wasn't his, his to say." Well, the manager doesn't matter, so it is his to say. People getting hurt. It just keeps happening. I mean, we blame the well ponds. I'm gonna blame him. Right, that's fair. And my last thing, this is a personal thing, that and it goes to the he doesn't understand Met fans. First of all, get off Twitter. Hate it. Right. Secondly, I get I get so much bullshit for him being on Twitter from non Met fans of that are my friends because of him. He, so I'm with you on that. Yeah, it was he, funny it was funny in November and like December, ha ha ha. Yeah, our new Mets, our new owner is on Twitter. It's funny, and then now that we're like spiling down, it's just like, all right, just please lay off the Twitter for a bit. But yeah, this yeah. is this I is guess, my point of I get, he doesn't I get understand that shit all the time. This is my point of he doesn't understand the fan base. He he clearly, and you know what? It's only year one, so maybe you shouldn't yet. But you have to understand well, he's a the Mets fan, fan. That's right, he and he's known. been a partial owner for years, <laughs> right? You right, should, you yeah. have to understand the difference in the mindset of this fan base in the regular season and in the off season. You can't come out and tweet, t- send us the trades you want us to make and and what you want to and what you want to give up. That's your job. That's why you hired a GM and a president of baseball operations and all those other nonsense. And then this is what I said. This was a personal thing. The fact that they botched. Bobby Bonilla Day so much. That was the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. Everybody tweeted at him about Bobby Bonilla Day because they didn't want to hear about it ever again. They wanted him <laughs> to cut the fat check, and so we would never hear about it again. And they brought the guy back and did a promo. Right. That's not what anybody wanted. I just... There are all these things that, again, I'm saying, if the Wilpons did any of these things this season, we would be... Ripping them every five seconds, right? All but I think I think about this year. I think it's more about on the field product than the actual off the field, off the field like handling of things. I'll I'll be honest with you. Okay, I I think it's just as much. It, I, I I think maybe because I'm just so numb of the outside like off the field met met stuff maybe, but I think. I think a lot of it has to do with on the field this year. I have like, if the Mets offense decided to like hit like a slightly a little bit better, and they would be, they're in the. Um, thankfully, the division we're in, we're still in the thick of it. Even though realistically, it could all come crashing down next Sunday. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah. Uh, and then we, like you mentioned before, with Jake, we don't know if he's ever coming back this season. Um, Lindor's supposedly feeling better. Hopefully, he comes back. And then same with uh, Javi. But 
I'm scared. I'm scared we're gonna overpay Javi Baez to stay on the Mets. I, I yeah. I'm very scared about that. That'll be, that'll be, another thing. He has I, like he's a great player. He's a flashy player and everything like that. He's not what he was two even two years ago, and just sucking so much money into him and Lindor together is very scary, and. And with Javi, he just doesn't look like he has zero approach at the plate. And like yeah. we, we, we've, and that was always been his scouting report. Even when he was like awesome, his peak years in Chicago, it's just, yeah, he, he, he's just hacking, which we all knew. And then like that, that, that was another thing with the trade. Like I, I like Javi as a player personally, but. That was just just the ultimate. Let's make a trade for the sake of making a trade. Like, yeah. you mean to tell me we couldn't get Chris Bryant and like uh, Zach Davies instead? We couldn't like ante it up a little bit more than uh, um, who we gave up for Javi, Cole Armstrong, Crow Armstrong, whatever his name is. Yeah. Like, that's the craziest part into things like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, like I said. I, I've, and like, um, and like, and with Chris Bryan, he's more of a realistic person to go out and sign in the off season. <laughs> like, I mean, they could still do that, I guess. No, no, but... they can't. But like, but, but, but what I'm saying, my point right. is that, like, you could have anteed up a little bit more to get him in the deal. It didn't seem like the Giants gave up so much, you know. I'm not a big minor league guy, but what everybody says, it just doesn't seem a lot. Yeah, I. So, um, this weekend they played tough against the Dodgers, but they all, both extra inning losses as of Sunday night. They're losing six to two, so they're ultimately going to get swept, and then they're going to San Fran for a couple game series in San Fran. And the Giants have just been surprising everybody. They're still holding on to the West with the Padres and. Dodgers just nipping at their toes. So. Oh, wait. This is the week we go to San oh, I thought San Fran was coming here, and then at the no. end of the week we were going to L.A. No, and then going to play. Yeah, it's home L.A., in San Francisco, in oh, okay. LA, then and then this is an, What happened to the whole no cross-country travel after a night game? Nope. Well, that's what Noah Syndergaard Instagram post um, yesterday. Fuck you, MLB and the players. The, yeah. guy, the guy doesn't play what's the difference he's gonna stay here anyway right. no i think i don't know he might travel but I, he clearly cares because it's clearly an issue which it is it doesn't make any sense to anybody well he should just have his bone bro- brought up and shut the fuck up wow yeah fuck no Syndergaard. we're gonna overpay him when the guy throws a curveball to have Joey Gallo's knees buckle in Game Seven of the World Series, Danny, and we win. Oh, that's different. Then, that's then you're gonna look back on this and be like, "I take it back." Well, yeah, but when whatever. he becomes he's our Adam Wainwright for the next twenty years. Yeah, he's a weirdo. <laughs> I just don't have anything left to say about the Mets. I guess, and the other, my, I guess I don't. I do have more to say. I don't know how to fix it either. I mean, because it's literally just they're having bad seasons. Right, because we're going on now three years of this, of this core of offensive players, and they've been a middle of the road offense, actual actually scoring runs, 
right. the entire time. Like it's always they're I looked since twenty nineteen, they're like top ten in average, they're top ten in on base percentage, they're top ten in OPS, but they're twenty second in actually scoring runs. Yeah, no, they just can't for whatever so, reason they can drive them in. And it's so been like the thing. Something's gotta change. But then again, you go through the guys that like I, you know, how I would like the roster to look or who I want to keep. I you keep Pete, you keep Jeff, you have obviously Lindor is here for the long term. I I I think Brandon Nimmo has a role, especially since he's not getting paid anything. After that, like, is Dom Smith, you know, the guy we saw last year? I don't know. I don't know, but I also think him being the well. Him, either him and Pete being the DH every day is different. Sure. So you keep those five guys that I mentioned. I would keep Pete Nemo. To keep Pete Nemo, Dom, obviously Lindor, because we have him for the next ten years. Um, God. we've talked about it in our Met chat. Maybe give uh, Conforto a qualifying offer at the moment. I don't know. At the way he's uh, the been way ending he, this weekend, he's going to end up getting the... Uh, right, right, you're right. He'll end that up being Daniel Murphy. Breakout. Yeah, that was pre-breakout. Um, yeah, no, like, like offensively, those are, those are the guys that I'm like, all right, I definitely keep those couple guys and McNeil, but McNeil's been very disappointing. He, like, he's been better lately, though. He's he has been off. better lately, but from where he was two seasons ago to now, it's just not the same player. Ever since he off. was told to hit a home run for the dog, all he wants to do is hit home runs now. But he's also been playing on one leg for like a month now. Right. He so did have like a 10-game hitting streak, so there. But he's he's not the same. You couldn't tell mentally he's not the same. And then the bullpen, they've been playing relatively better as of late. I mean, I don't know. Like, what do you – like, they, the pitching has been all right. Like, mostly offense of and then the injuries here and there and just the the gaps and stuff like that so hold on somebody's got a chuck backing up in their room uh, it's just like I said I don't even know how to fix it so, like, I mean, if, if we're... Listen, when it comes down to the whole Cohen thing, it's simple, right? It's the first year that it's not the Wilpon, so everyone's just looking like, whatever, let him be. Uh, because okay, at the so... end of the day, he's getting that benefit of the doubt that he's not the Wilpons. So so that's the thing. So people are, like, that's what, that's what I'm getting at is we're assuming things will change. We're assuming it will get better. We're giving him the benefit of the doubt. Nothing has changed at the moment is what I'm saying. Right, but also everybody expected was like, what people were expecting was the minute he signed the paperwork, the entire franchise was going to turn around. Right. When really he signed the paperwork in January, he made the trade for Lindor, and then he signed Lindor, and that's all that's changed since he's taken over. Right. So really, really, you got to realize, like, it's not like he had a full offseason. Now, at the end of this year, he's going to have a full offseason as an owner. Now, what kind of steps is he going to take? What is he going to? How is he going to evaluate the franchise? Because let's face it, at the end of the day, this guy, this guy is a market guy. So, 
if this isn't becoming a profitable market for him, guess what's going to happen in the next 10 years? He's going to look to get rid of it. Right. Because that's what and he does with things. Thing, and that was another thing that uh, we didn't mention. Our the, the person that we got in the first round, the top 10 pick, we didn't even sign him to a contract for whatever right. reason. And it, and apparently he was a steal. Like, I think... Yeah, but that uh, was a medical reason, thing. They're all saying it's a medical thing. It's a medical thing, but he's going to be in single A. It's There's plenty of time to work him out if there's actual actually a medical issue we've seen it plenty of times that this kid is what we, we everybody said he was so what's the rule now team. where does that kid go back in the draft next year so yeah, here's he has so first, to, no, has a whole yeah. year workout yeah, so that kid's fucked he has to just do nothing until the next draft but he's just gonna work out and have uh he's gonna have um shows showcases i'm sure so yeah he'll be still. fine he has the resume he'll be all right the minor, there wasn't any minor leagues last year, so what difference does it make? You know what I mean? Maybe he can go to Japan. He can go to Japan. He's probably going to go to Japan. He can go to one of those other countries and just ball out, you know? Um, I... That was just a weird It was a weird story from both sides of the, the, the spectrum. It wasn't strictly Met-oriented, but of course it's the Mets, you know what I mean? We get this guy falling into our lap, and then... We get all excited, and they make billboards for the dude, and they don't even sign a contract for him. Yeah, I don't even make him an offer. Don't even make him an official offer. These are all things that, you know, we were told wouldn't happen. I don't, and then I, he I, and then he went on Twitter defending it. So yeah, and he that went was on the only Twitter. time that was the only time he actually brought up actual Met real Met talk. So he went on Twitter openly saying that college players and draft and it'll be draft people are abused because he said they're usually worth five times what they actually get. Okay, so you're abusing. It's a system that abuses the players. Great. Which and we knew. how was? I know, but now but you look at the there. minor league problems and you this already know. This is like the thing that happened with Jared Kelnick earlier in the year. Like, yeah, we knew you were gonna just sit him and and sent him to the minors because it was a thing, but when the guy said it, he got fired. Like, I guarantee the rest of the owners were not very happy with him saying that. No, there's no way. It's fine, but he's trying to get himself into, you know. Just get off Twitter. It would be so much easier if he just got off Twitter. Yeah, but people don't do that these days. Him being on Twitter is just the norm, you know? Right. He's being interactive there's no need for you to be interactive. Yeah, well, tickets will say like, otherwise. You have focus groups and things like that for these things. And if that's how you're trying to, trying to sell tickets, then you don't get it just as much as the last guys didn't get. Well, the last guys just didn't get it. But again, if that's how you're trying to drum up interest in the team, out that isn't actually... I don't know how many times we have to see City Field being packed out because the Mets are 500 and three games out of first. That... People just realize that if the team's good, people come. Like, I, it doesn't. It doesn't. It's they. They lost seven out of nine. They won three games against a team who doesn't care, and the stadium was packed the whole weekend. So, like, I, if they just put a product on the field, people will show up. You don't have to be on Twitter to sell tickets in New York. Especially when you have teams like the Dodgers and also like the Philly fans travel. Dodger fans are all over the country. Yeah. 
Cubs fans, you're getting crowds. Like, when I went against the Cubs, it was packed. And it was mostly Cubs fans, but still, it was packed. Like, we went, what was it? I. It didn't sell out when you and I went, Ben, a couple weeks no. ago, but. It was pretty crowded, though. That well, was the it, that was the loudest the loudest I've heard the stadium in a long time, though. Yeah. Hey. I would much rather. I keep going back to Steve Cohen, but I would much rather him just be a silent, you know, silent assassin, if you will, as an owner. Then, and maybe he will next year. Maybe this is a transition thing, and he feels, you know, we the report came out the other day that he's going to try to hire a big name to be the president of baseball operations. I'm maybe just saying get, everything yeah, leads the to the same let, name. I mean, we, we talked about this as soon as he left the, the fucking Cubs. If he just gets Theo and lets Theo do his thing and he goes back in the shadows, that's fine. But, at, like I said, I'm, I'm operating all of this as, at the current moment, not much has changed. Um, but I, yeah, no, I agree with that. And also, like, like I've been saying, Theo turns into a manager wanting to be here. How many before Rohat, before Beltron signed to be the manager? How many big name managers were there? Girardi, and they were just like, yeah, we don't want to manage there. Right. Well, that's the other thing is they got to fire the manager. I don't. He's not. He's making decisions. He's not making decisions. Whatever it is, he stinks. Right, I but mean, it they, also comes down to again. It came down to he got he got picked up in January. What was he supposed to do? I know, right? I, I get that. I right. we, we talked about this that he wasn't going to get fired this year, but I mean Friday night he voluntarily put out a, a a lesser lineup for for seven innings, and then the last three innings they scored four runs because the actual starters won. Well, the field. that that's like what happened. Like if you're not Dom's hitting like 320 against lefties and he stinks against righties. Oh, if you're not going to play against lefties, you shouldn't be playing. Right, like the other day, that was. Amazing. It doesn't make any sense. Well, the other thing that doesn't make any sense was last week the Philly in Philly. Literally, the Phillies said before the series that the guy was going to start the left-hander, the guy who was the closer at the start of the season, yeah. was going to start the game, but he was only pitching 60 to 70 pitches. So what right. did Rojas do? He made an entire right-handed lineup. Doesn't make any sense. And then when they had to pull him after the third inning because he had a rough first inning and he only pitched like two and a third or whatever it was, yeah. then they had to start pitch hitting for everybody. Now you have no bench later on in the game. Yeah. And that's why you have to let Carlos Carrasco bump because <laughs> you have no bench. I mean, it's just... Oh, another guy I'm, 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 I'm falling away from. I mean, I'm not going to... Uh... Again, this is another thing. This is too rough to. first inning. This is okay. Fine, rough first things. I get it. What? This is the second time they said with Lindor today that he might rehab start in the major leagues. No, absolutely not. I'm. This is never again. Are we doing this? Because it very clearly doesn't work. Yeah, but he didn't really re. But he didn't. Cookie also rehab start in the minors. He he made like once two starts, I think. In Brooklyn. Yeah. And we went, we were at the game. He was only throwing. He was going to only throw sixty pitches. I mean, minus one pitch, he was actually pretty good that night too. But yeah, again, it's it, against a red lineup. But the Reds have a good lineup. I it just, I don't like that. 
this process of now they're saying they're gonna rehab people in the majors, but they're desperate, I guess. Hold on, we're rehabbing people in the majors. I missed it. I've been, they, I've been so out well, of it. Well, they said like, they said Noah's gonna go straight right. to the bullpen. That's what they and then they they uh, SNY. There was a report. I think it was from Rojas that, or it might have come from Lindor, basically saying they he might basically do his rehab stints in the majors because he doesn't want to be away from the team for two weeks. Or they don't want him to be away from the team for two weeks. I, it doesn't make any sense. If you're gonna, if we're actually doing rehab starts and we're going to have a shortstop play three innings and then take him out, then absolutely not. This is ridiculous. Especially when you don't really have a shortstop behind him. No, you don't. You have Brandon Drury, apparently, as a, third, as a backup shortstop at the moment. Well, if Lindor comes back, then it's VR as the backup shortstop. Sure, right, but for three innings. Also, wasn't McKinney to... on our team like a week ago? He was. Yeah, like a month ago. <laughs> he got cut for I don't know in the process of people coming back. I forget he got DFA'd, and we I think because he's been on base like the entire weekend. Also, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just. He just said a trip off the wall. Comforto, it was in Comforto's glove. It fell out. I'm not even watching anymore. Yeah, the, I haven't watched since the third inning. This, this, no. the team is a mess. People, people, it's, it's sad that, you know, we're still in it. Oh yeah, I mean that's. Oh, it's all it's gonna take is one hot streak, which they can still possibly do, and we will all be back happy and be dumb and thinking things will happen. Nope. That's just uh, how unrational most of us are. <laughs> um, I, you're right. You're probably right. Like it'll take us. It'll take like a like watch. We like win two out of three against the Dodgers. I mean the Giants, and then we're gonna be oh we're back. So. Yeah. I don't know. Mets are the Mets. Same old Mets, just different ownership. <laughs> so do we want to talk about this Marvel list that I sent you guys the other day? Because I feel um, like there the... should be things that are higher on this. That should not be as low as they are. Sure, we could talk about it. Okay, what was the... So it was the saddest deaths in MCU. Why did they black out? I mean, the top one is, we know what it is, but why did they black it out? Because, I did you want to cry guess. right now? Yeah, I guess. Whatever. <laughs> but, like... <laughs> I think it's actually pretty good. It's not a terrible list, but I feel like Yondu could have been lower. Oh, 100% Yondu could be lower. No, I don't know. The way they did that one... I would probably put Black Widow ahead of that one, but that's about it. Phil Coulson, though. But the problem is is that Agent Phil comes back in the TV show. Yeah, who, right. who watches the shows, though? I mean, Vision should have been higher. Yeah. Vision dying in the show was more impactful than Vision dying in the movies. And nine. Once he just homered. Um, right, Vision dying in the show is more impactful. I would put that on this list for the last moments of that of WandaVision. Um, you know, it's funny when I saw the list, I had to think back to who the hell 
Yinsen was? Yeah, it was the first death, pretty right. much. Right, which made sense. Now it kind of makes sense. And then, uh... Did you guys watch What If? Yeah, actually, I liked it. I was the one... Yeah, I told you the other day. Yeah, it was pretty good. I liked it. It, like... I like how they left it wide open for, like... I like the theory of the show, and it's... And it's, uh... Animated, so they could literally open up pretty much anything they want to do. So I, I like the idea. Yeah, I liked it. Too. It was fun. It was definitely fun to watch. Completely mindless too, so it's cool. Sure. I I just don't like the Wednesday thing. Ben and I talk about it all the time. This Wednesday thing throws us off. Yeah. Yeah, I liked Friday. Friday was. I need was to be able day. to come home on Friday, knowing that I am going to come in my room. I am going to watch something on Disney. And also, Ted Lasso. This needs to be... Like, it was just... Especially with Mandalorian. I know Steven's going to watch that. But it was such a good, like, Friday entertainment. Yeah, it was a good Friday thing. But, I, but now I'm I have a Wednesday. To, I'm, it's used like... to, I'm used to the Wednesdays now. So, yeah. I agree with you. But I'm used to it now. I am excited for... Which was it? The, uh, the Hawkeye show. They just announced they're starting reshoots this week to finalize a bunch of things. Oh, okay, cool. So, I know that, I think it's November. Okay, cool. And, and obviously, they're going to probably tie a lot into Black Widow, obviously. Yep. So. And I think that's the next thing that's out. I, I, I lose track. I, I, I don't get excited until I see a coming attraction or... They're uh, they're on Disney Plus. Hawkeye's <laughs> um, November twenty fourth. Also, okay. I keep reading Shang Chi is going to be the worst movie of Mar in Marvel history. Which will still I, be good. I doubt that. <laughs> so, it's mainly it's because nobody very, knows the story. That's what it comes down to. Yeah. Um. What if it was August eleventh, which is the other day? Uh, Shang-Chi is September 3rd. Oh, the internals are November 5th. And then Hawkeye's Thanksgiving weekend. Yeah. And then Miss Marvel also comes out, I think, in December, they said. Uh, yeah, so... And then it's Spider-Man, and then... Spider-Man's so gonna... Shang-Chi, Eternals, and then Hawkeye, technically. Right, and they're already saying... Spider-Man's going to lead you into the Doctor Strange movie because that comes out in March. Which is interesting. Would you got, do you guys want a trailer for Spider-Man at this point? Or are you just like, I'm ready for this movie? We, this, this, like... They got to do something, I think. Yeah. One of the two and of the, the movies, either, it was either it, Infinity War or Endgame, that they had like one trailer come out and that was it. I don't know. I remember the Endgame trailer being really good. Right. But they didn't show you too much. You didn't know what was really gonna happen. Anything of what was really gonna happen. No, I don't think so. But I, I... with Spider-Man, the way it ended the last movie, I think uh, coming with the trailer would be really awesome. Just because knowing what the movie is gonna be about. Yeah, I, I, I do. I I go back and forth on this because I did like. I wish I would have never known that Spider-Man was gonna show up. Like in Civil War back then, because they put that at the end of the, one of the trailers. Right. I remember you and I, I were that like, would have been like, oh yeah, they should have one hundred percent kept that a quiet. But everybody but, knew it was coming, and everybody right. popped like it. So, right. 
like the when it happened it was still cool enough when it right happened. and it also worked because you didn't that wasn't his first appearance like he just when you know tony goes to his house so you still got that like surprise kind of thing right and then i like when the uh homecoming was it homecoming was the first one yeah, yeah. homecoming when um they started the movie it was from in the him going there right right they did a good job with that So that was cool that they had like the whole the whole like him going there and then coming back and it kind of led into them going back to the apartment at the end to lead into the full story of the day. Right. So, I thought that was good, but I don't know. I I feel like at this level, I just at this point, I'm just like, I think I'm okay without the trailer at this point. Like, I just want the movie. And also, they just pushed back Venom again. So. Yeah, but I honestly didn't know when that was coming out before they they pushed it back, to be completely honest. Right, they keep pushing it back. So, there's a reason. I think it has to do... With something with the the whether it can stream or not. Oh boy, They're having a lot of streaming issues lately. So <laughs> it's becoming Scarlett Johansson opened up a world. Yeah. It's safe to say she's not coming back anytime soon. Well, well I killed it. Oh, I don't want to spoil it, but obviously we know they killed her off. So right. It doesn't matter. But they also, I did hear like. She's fighting with Disney, but the Marvel side of the company is on right, her side. Right, right, right. So, like, if she wanted to come back and do something, they they would. But I don't. Like, I, if they needed her to come into something for like a flashback or something, they could maybe. But I I, I think she's. I think she knew she was done there, and right. just, it would makes the most sense. You yeah, know, she why not try down. to get another thirty million dollars out of it? Right. Alrighty, boys. Anything else? No, I've just been doing my Blues Views podcast, uh, Blues Views 324. Um, it's been fun talking more about the Giants, and obviously we get to talk about them like 20, 30 minutes or whatever the story is. But I, I like I've been enjoying talking strictly about them. So if you can t- take a listen to those podcasts, if you haven't, I've been working really hard on that. So, yeah, other than that, um, nothing much. So I've been keeping busy with that. Ben? Yeah, that, no, nothing. Nothing. All right, boys. Everybody enjoy your, your preseason football. Hopefully no injuries. Hopefully best of luck in all your fantasy football drafts. We are working on our football preview show and even maybe a fantasy football draft show. Um, Within the next couple of weeks, we will keep everybody informed make sure you're following us on all of social media and look out for all the details have a good one everyone Boy, is this me? Yeah. Yeah. Boy, is this me?